0: Hello and welcome to the Master Slave Lifestyle Podcast. Here we're going to be interviewing real people living the real Master Slave Lifestyle. All consensual and all in very different ways.
1: And in this episode... The relationship between Sean and I is a lot more than just slave and master. i talking in the world of polyamory.
2: Like you said, I would go over for days or weeks at a time sometimes. Relationship
1: oh, yeah. with three people or even that quadrilateral one if you like with four.
2: Giving up control
0: to somebody that you both trust and also deem worthy of that control. This is masterslavelifestyle.com. Hello everyone, so today we're talking to two very dear friends of mine, Master Tim from London and his slave Sean from Berlin. They have been in a relationship for over 14 years now and although they don't live together, they normally see each other at least once a month, often more. I first got to know Master Tim in 2014 at an SM Gaze event at the Hoist in London. We're instantly connected and I think we spent the rest of the time at, at the Hoist talking to each other. And then sometime later, Master Tim in- introduced me to Sean. And I think he was one of the first times I met as a fellow slave that had a very similar outlook to me. And again, we instantly connected. And many years later, we've both found ourselves on the other side of Europe, living in the same city of Berlin and seeing each other very often. So to both of you, thank you so much for being here and welcome to the podcast.
2: It's a pleasure. Yes, it's great to be here. It's my first podcast
0: experience. Very good. I'll try not to make it too bad for you. Um, So um, for the first thing um would you both like to introduce yourself and just allow the listeners to understand yourselves a bit more master Tim would you like to start
1: yes okay I'll do that um yes master tim from um based in london or very very near london um i've been um i wouldn't necessarily describe myself as a master for the entire time but I've been involved in the whole b d s m um world since I was 18 um, which um, that's a bit scary actually because um, that means it's now 45 getting on for 46 years Um, but yes I I found out I was interested in all all things BDSM at a very early age Um, and um, although I practiced with various different people um, including learning a bit from other masters as well which I thought was quite important. Um, I then, in my sort of mid twenties, met my current husband, and we've been together for 38 years now. Um, but then, um, going through building up, training, um, seeing slaves on a regular basis, I um, have never been one for the sort of one-off session or one-night stands. I always prefer to. To try and build relationships with people, and luckily, um, I met Sean. Um, just a, a young slip of a boy then he was, um, <laughs> but um, we hit it off very much from the start, um, and our whole relationship, as I think you'll find uh, as this podcast goes on, um, evolved into something that neither of us expected from the start. Um, I'm 64 now. Um, I still have a, a small stable of slaves who I see regularly, but I put the word regularly in quotes because it varies from one to another. Um, there have been times when Sean has stayed here for weeks at a time, um, other times when we were able to meet um, pretty much on a monthly basis, um, and he would often be here for weekends or um, days, so we, we've spent a lot of time with each other. Um, I think that's all i can say about me at the moment
0: thank you so much and sean how about yourself
2: yes sure so um i'm sean as phil said i'm 33 years old uh, living in berlin and i think like masters him i realized i was interested in the whole sort of bdsm or you know, sort of master of slave thing when i was very young um I'm much too young to be reading the kind of things I was looking at online anyway. Um, <laughs> FM, when I was 19, um, I think fortuitously, if I remember correctly, Master Tim, you messaged me kind of out of the blue. Um, we started chatting and then realized that we both had very similar ideas about sort of what we we're looking for, uh, which I didn't realize at the time was quite rare. So, it, you know, I, I assumed at the time that what I was looking for, which was kind of a, you know, long term Uh, master slave relationship that wasn't based around individual fetishes so much, but more around a sort of, you know, serving somebody in a very real sense. Um, I I assumed that was very common in the kind of uh, gay BDSM world. Turns out it isn't, so it's exceptionally rare. So it was just by pure good luck that um, I happened to meet Master Tim. So as he said, since then, I've been traveling over to London to meet him frequently. Um, I was living in Ireland at the time, actually. I've only recently moved to Berlin. And uh, up until the current COVID situation, we were seeing each other at least once a month, probably more frequently than that. Um, so we, uh, I traveled to London for work, for example. And uh, like you said, I would go over for days or weeks at a time sometimes. Um, and that's been, yeah, like Phil said, 14 years now, <laughs> which seems kind of crazy to put it that way, but yeah.
0: I mean, that is an incredible amount of time um, it's you know for me it's like wow when when I hear it it's it's that lunk um, talking about your relationship, so would you both like to try and describe how your relationship works so so Sean, you were talking about this idea of serving someone rather than it being a a particular fetish. Could you go into a bit more by what um you mean by serving?
2: Yes, sure. Um, so so this is an idea that I think some people, when I talk to other people who are into this, the thing I'm about to describe, I think they either immediately get what I'm talking about, in which case they're probably also interested in it, or else they have no idea what I'm talking about, uh, in which case they're not. So it, it, it can be kind of difficult to describe because I think we're used to, in this scene, having these sort of lists of predefined fetishes or kinks so if somebody says they're into leather or or like bondage or something everybody knows what that means but i guess when when it comes to the sort of like uh, service aspect for me it's more about a mindset than any particular set of activities so i guess just to like get rid of one idea straight away it's not about a kind of like a role play scenario where you know i go to, to visit master tim and we sort of decide for the next hour we're going to do kind of like a you know, service play thing where I'm sort of doing things for him with fetish gear on and it's a sort of predetermined like role play session. It's it's not that. It's, it's more about actually serving somebody in, in a real sense. So that can involve, you know, fetish stuff or it can involve, you know, sex, obviously. But it could just as easily be things like if we go to the supermarket together, which is something we do quite frequently when I'm um, visiting. Um, I'll carry the shopping bags, for example. Okay, that sounds like really mundane. And uh, I mean, in a lot of ways, it is mundane. If you were to see us out in public, you wouldn't think there's anything unusual going on unless you had a really good idea what to look for, which let's face it, almost nobody does. Um, but I, obviously, I you know, I get a huge amount of sort of satisfaction and fulfill, fulfillment out of that. So uh, again, it's not about a particular kink. It's not about sort of uh, getting off on, on the whole thing. It's It's more about actually building this sort of long-term connection with somebody, which is based around... Actually serving them in whatever way they th- they deem useful. Um, that's that's kind of how I like to describe it. Hopefully that makes sense.
0: <laughs> it does. And and just going a, a bit deeper, um, what is it that you get out of that? Um, are you able to describe why that something, um, why that benefits you, or, or what need it it satisfies? um that's kind of
2: harder to answer to be honest <laughs> so i think like a lot of people who were into this sort of thing the, the interest started quite early um yeah, like yeah you know, when i was when i was like uh pre-teen so i would say but but i did, i wouldn't have been able to articulate it in, in these terms back then and i certainly didn't didn't understand that it was related in any way to sort of you know bdsm or uh yeah, you know, power power play dynamics or anything like that um personally for me i think it's it's about sort of um giving up control to somebody that you both trust and also deem worthy of that control. So if you sort of you know, surrender yourself to somebody or agree in your own mind that you're going to do whatever they ask, obviously they have to be like actually worthy of doing that. You don't just, or you shouldn't just do that with just anybody because if you've made a commitment to do whatever they say and you don't actually know what they might tell you to do or you don't trust their judgments, then you can get yourself into not only get yourself into a dangerous situation but also it's not something you want to sort of give to somebody who isn't worthy of it but I do think that that element of sort of being able to give up control it was was and is hugely important um I would say I'm somebody who's like reasonably highly strung I don't know if you guys would agree with that <laughs> in certain ways but um it, it's it's nice to be able to to be able to just focus on somebody else and what they want and in in a weird way, your own sort of anxieties or your own worries tend to fade into the background. Uh, I think that's, that's probably the easiest way of putting it. There's more to it than that, but it, like I said, it's quite difficult to articulate sometimes.
0: But thank you for sharing that. I think it's really important for people to kind of hear something like that. And Master Tim, um, how about you? How would you describe the relationship?
1: I was saying that it's very difficult to... Um, put across to other people what it means because when we speak to each other about it we understand innately what it is that we're saying and what it means um, other people who maybe haven't experienced it or haven't given it the same depth of consideration um, find it very difficult to see what the the point is even at times um, Sean said um, about something sounding mundane like the thing of going to the supermarket but For me, it's quite an important part that it's so ingrained in what we do that I know very well um, when other people talk about public displays, they immediately shirk from the idea because they think they're going to be exposing themselves in public. Um, But in fact, um, Sean's service to me is just as strong in public as it is in private but only somebody who was in on it would actually know what was going on. Um, Simple things like the fact that when we're out together, and we do go out together a lot, um, you will always find him walking a step behind on my left-hand side. It's just a protocol that we've had from the start that he automatically follows. Um, I must admit that one sometimes can cause a problem because my partner um, also likes to walk. A step behind on my left hand side and I
0: <laughs>
1: occasionally out of the corner of my eye was the pair of them fighting over the position but um, yeah, that's it's those sorts of things that, um, you know, opening doors um, clearing the way carrying things um, he likes to cook so when he's here he often does the cooking for us and things like that they, they sound very mundane things but they're just automatically part of the way we live together
0: I mean, as you were both talking, I couldn't help but relate to myself as well. Like I I like many parts of, let's say, submission or being a slave. Um, But the very central part for me is service as well and pleasing the other person. And I find it gives me an energy it's like I move into my state of flow and everything just becomes easier. Um, Is that something that you two find or would you describe it in a different way?
1: No, I I can understand that. Um, I've often said when people ask me what um, the ideal slave material is, but um, that's difficult to articulate as well. But I do certainly find that Um, The people that seem to attract me most as submissives or slaves are people who are very intelligent themselves. Um, They often work in or live in um, an environment in which they have a good deal of control and responsibility themselves, sometimes an enormous amount. And they seem to be able to balance that by... (coughs) Excuse me, balance that by this um, desire to hand over control to somebody else, which I think Sean mentioned as well, um, and to maybe take a break from their worldly responsibilities um, and just focus on one person and making life better for that one person, which Sean does extremely well.
2: I'm glad to hear that. Uh, One thing I I think it is worth bringing up, though, Phil, you mentioned that... um, you enter a kind of state of flow and it seems to make things easier, which I can definitely identify with, um, you know, when you're in that kind of headspace, I think the, in some ways, the sort of single-mindedness can get you into the state of flow where, you know, it's, it's difficult to find yourself in a situation where you're thinking, well, what should I do next when you're with someone who you've committed to serving in that way, because what you do next can always be whatever they want to be done or whatever they would like you to do. So it sort of frees you up in that regard. But one thing I often tell people is that um, the the whole thing of like being a slave in that regard and, and, and doing that kind of, you know, service with somebody at times it actually can be a little bit stressful as well, because, you know, if you, uh, you know, like I said, if you're doing something mundane, like cooking or or cleaning, even if you're serious about it, then, then you do want to do a good job, (laughs) you know? Um, So I think in order to contrast it with, with just the sort of um, role play sessions that I think some people might confuse it for I, I do like to bring up that point that you know if you if you're serious about it at times it, it can actually be this strangely um, not stressful experience but it, you know you treat it almost like a job sometimes like um, it's something you really want to do well and 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 do, do a good job at um, so I think if, if, if somebody was wondering well what's the difference between this thing we're describing and your typical you know sort of role play session i think that would be it that uh, there's a level of seriousness to it for lack of a better term that i think you, you probably don't get with a lot of sort of casual role play experiences having said that i do want to reiterate that um i don't find server master tim to be stressful anyway. any way. <laughs> 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 hopefully you, you appreciate the difference <laughs> without, without
0: <getting> at <laughs> um, but does that make sense it, it does. It's strange I can associate with that because the times I've kind of let's say felt worse as a slave is not because I've been punished. It's just that I've forgotten something and I've had a look of disappointment from the master. And it's you know it's just like I I know I can do better. Why didn't I think about that? Yeah, you know?
2: and it's absolutely not a kind of like kinky sort of I'm about to be punished kind of experience. It's, it's more of a well, this person who I look up luck up to hugely and have made this commitment to, I could have done a better job for them. Um, and I, and I think if the you whole
1: should... thing about punishment, um, is a, a fascinating one because I certainly find, um, for me, if, if I had to punish a slave for doing something wrong, um, I would feel in a way that I had failed in training that person. Um, also, I think a slave should get to the point where the fact that they recognize that they've done something wrong is actually sufficient punishment. And I know that in Sean's case, exactly what I can understand what he's talking about, that um, I can't imagine ever needing to punish him. Um, Obviously, whether I choose to or not, it's something completely different. But um, the whole idea of needing to punish him wouldn't occur because He would already be beating himself up enough about having got something wrong
2: yes exactly yeah that's exactly right um so i I think if if i could sort of yeah distill into sort of a uh, you know distill down into its most basic form that that for me is the big difference between this kind of service and, and maybe other other kinds of activities
0: i want to come back to some other questions i have later but one of the things that i want to explore a bit more is master tim you've mentioned you've got a husband and um, sean i know that you're also married as well so um could you describe the dynamic of let's say having your own partners but also having this relationship as well
1: okay um yes it's it's something that um intrigues a lot of people i know um i consider myself very lucky and i have a, a partner who is fully aware of what i do Um, he's quite happy for me to um, have my um, BDSM lifestyle. Um, He doesn't necessarily um, take part in it, um, but it's always been open to the point where he tends to meet and know any subs or slaves that I meet, um, any of them that's around for a long period of time in the way that Sean is, end up becoming close friends. So although... Um, the relationship between Sean and I is a lot more than just slave and master. Um, so we are talking in the the world of polyamory, um, but also not in the sense that people think, um, oh, if there's three people in it, or even, as in our case, four people in it, that we're all involved with each other. That's not actually the case. So it's not a, a triangular relationship with three people or, or even a... Quadrilateral one, if you like, with four. Um, I have a relationship with my husband, um, and I have a relationship with Sean. They're both very different, um, but to me, equally important.
0: And how about yourself, Sean? So
2: my yeah, my situation is slightly different in that um, obviously I was with Masters him for many years before I met my my current husband, um, who I've known for about a bit over two years now. But when we met, we, we did meet initially um, to to do sort of BDSM activity together. So I was actually a, a Dom and he was a sub, which is getting to a whole other, other thing, but maybe we can touch on that later. Um, but so he obviously knew about everything from the very beginning. Um, he, he knew about Master Tim and, and that was no surprise to him. And then we uh, gradually became sort of more serious and obviously now we're married. So were um, extremely serious, um, but he's he's been aware of Master Tim the whole time and, and met him quite early on and all of that, so uh, there was never an issue there. Um, just to complicate things a little bit further, he he's into this sort of pup play scene, so he has a handler who also lives in the UK, funnily enough, and his handler also has a sir and a husband and a boy. <laughs> so if you want to kind of zoom out of the diagram a little bit. So it's getting extremely complicated at this point because this sort of multiple people involved in different ways. And I've met his handler um, and his handler's husband. Uh, so yeah, I tried to sort of map that one out and it gets pretty pretty complicated pretty quickly. Um, for me, th- there's no sort of conflict there or no sort of contradiction. Um, you know, when people say, well, how does that work? or They, they seem kind of surprised or... Uh, they they assume there must be something that we're not i'm not telling them like well there must be more to it or you must be uh cheating and not in the sense of like being unfaithful but cheating as in we must be sort of uh, cheating at the relationship somehow and i have to tell them well no i'm not or we're not it's just we're just a, a group of people who for whom that's not a problem um you know if if we had a problem with with this kind of with this kind of polyamory if if we were you know prone to extreme jealousy for example we wouldn't be doing it so uh, that's it really it, it doesn't bother us so we make it work
0: <laughs> and um, you mentioned that you spent quite some time when you just had the relationship with master tim and then you moved into this new configuration was there any sort of transition that that you had you had to do in order to make that work or was it something you found just happened naturally
2: it was something I, thought, I sort of thought about for a long time. So I did, basically I only I only ever served Master Tim as in terms of being his slave, but I was never like a sub for anybody else or anything like that. Um, except for a few occasions where I did things with other people with him, but but I was never you know serving anybody else, as I would put it um, in any capacity. So I sort of gradually realized I was interested in trying the the dominant role, but but in a more sort of casual way. I, I wasn't looking to uh, be a master for a slave, for example. I was more just looking to do sort of um, one-off play sessions. Um, so I spoke to him about that, and he was fine with it. And um, then met who was the person who is now my my husband um, in order to play with him. Uh, and then we sort of gradually started spending more and more time together, and it, it very sort of naturally became this relationship that was obviously more serious than what we originally um set out for it to be which i feel like is kind of a theme of this podcast so far because we keep saying that we sort of ended up in these relationships that were more serious than we initially intended but um no i mean i think it was sort of a natural progression really it was something i sort of had a feeling might happen eventually um i don't know if you'd uh, agree with that master tim or if you had a or well i guess what was it like from your end <laughs> to see this unfold um,
1: no i i didn't have a problem with it at all um i you obviously kept me in the loop right from the start um you didn't have to but you went and seemed to go out of your way to to make sure i knew what was happening and you had already in your own way asked permission beforehand about seeing other people in the in the role as dom um, and I saw that as a, a quite natural part of of Sean's development, um, even as a slave, to be able to experience the other side of the coin as well. I also met his partner right from an early stage, and I've seen him, met him a few times now. So um, you know, nothing is is hidden or are underhand in that way. Um, a lot of it is about evolution, evolution of relationships. Um, evolution of roles. Um, I think also that one of the things we haven't mentioned is that there's um, quite a big age gap between us, um, which isn't uncommon in the sort of BDSM family setups. Um, But from my point of view, um, I would want to know that um, Sean wasn't so focused on his relationship with me that, um, if at some point in, in the future, um, not wanting to be morbid about it, but if things were to change with me, that he would still have the ability to go out and explore life himself. So I'm more than happy that he's able to do that now and set the groundwork for it. Um, whatever is to happen in the future, I think we, we should all keep growing. Um, we should keep learning from our experiences and always look to learn more as well.
0: I mean, this, this was one of the, the themes that I wanted to cover when I first um, when you first, you first mentioned this about how the relationship evolved into something we never expected. Um, could you both kind of go into a bit of detail about that and, and how these unexpected things kind of led to changes?
2: Yeah, sure. Um, I have quite vivid memories of when uh, Master Tim and I first started chatting initially, and we we sort of hit it off <laughs> in a, in a very sort of normal way, and, you know. Apart from discussing, obviously, the sort of BDSM fetish activities, which which initially, for, I think, for the first few days, probably our, our discussions were sort of mostly focused around that. But we did also just start talking about each other a little bit, and we. Like I said, we we sort of hit it off immediately, you know, when you uh, meet somebody in whatever context it is, and you sort of immediately realize that there's somebody that you could be quite friendly with or who thinks about things the same way you do. So that happened quite rapidly. And and I I still remember we eventually had a discussion, or I think I may have emailed him in in response to a question about sort of what I was looking for in... um, in a BDSM relationship, essentially, at this relationship at this time defined more as, you know, a series of meetups more than anything else. And um, I decided to just sort of go for it and, and explain exactly what I was looking for without uh, making it try to fit into the sort of the mold of well, what, I, what I was coming to realize was sort of a more standard kind of BDSM practice. I decided to just explain what I was actually looking for and not try to sort of fit it into that just to see what, see what would happen. And I remember he wrote back and said, it basically confirmed that he was interested in the exact same thing in, in a way that sort of I really identified with, far more so than any of the other people I chatted with up to that point. So that was the initial kind of um, the initial point at which I thought, well, okay, this this could be something more than just somebody who I'll visit for sort of bondage sessions or something. You, you know, clearly we were, we were sort of on the same wavelength here about this whole sort of master-slave thing. Um, so we had the opportunity to meet, I think it was a few weeks, maybe even later, or, or possibly a month or two later, um, when I when I happened to be in the UK for totally unrelated reasons. Um, and that just sort of confirmed again that, uh, you know, when, when we met, um, we definitely clicked a lot more than I was expecting. And I, I don't think we even had an opportunity to do very much at that point in, in terms of, uh, you know, fetish or anything like that. Um, but we just got on really well. And um, uh, that just sort of progressed as I started visiting him more frequently. And then, you know, as you said, staying for, in some cases, weeks at a time. So when I, was in, when I was in college, for example, I would often stay for a few weeks during the the college holiday periods. Um, And then at some point, I certainly realized that I, my feelings are much more than just, quote unquote, just a sort of master-slave dynamic. And we kind of <laughs> progressed from there in a very, Uh, natural way um but like i said it wasn't sort of planned on my part it really just sort of happened over the course of the initial year or so maybe um and then with connor the exact same thing happened actually um connor's my husband's name i didn't actually name him before now um with him um we met up very casually and it was it was quite casual for the first few months um and then at a certain point we realized that we were sort of making excuses to see each other almost constantly, um, even if we didn't have time to meet up to do any playing. So we would,
0: uh,
2: he he lived in Dublin as well. So we would meet up after work and things like that. Um, I think I remember speaking to somebody about him initially and uh, they asked if it was serious. And I said, no, it's very casual. And they said, well, how often are you seeing each other? And I said, oh, like three or four times a week only. And they are like, that's not casual. <laughs> so, okay, well, <laughs> maybe you have a point there. Um, but th- yeah, that's really how it happened. So it, it was kind of a similar process both times, I would say.
0: And how about for yourself, Master Tim? How, how have you seen the relationship evolving and changing from, from the very beginning?
1: Well, to, um, I suppose, I overlay on top of what Sean's just said, um, when we first met um, – If anything, I may be held back because um, possibly I had become a bit jaded with the constant stream of um, fantasists almost online um, who would talk a great game, but actually when it came down to it, they were either just after sex with somebody else or whatever the reasons might be. Um, But I, I never saw... Um, the same genuine understanding of of what a um, slave and master relationship, in in my view, could be. Um, So I was really taken aback when Sean came along and appeared to, um, right from the start, tick all the boxes. Um, And when he expressed um, his wishes, um, I was really, really hopeful. Um, So, um, yes, we arranged to meet when he came over to to this country, and things did develop very quickly because we hit it off in, in many ways. And I think that's important in any long-term slave and master relationship because if it's purely a transactional one based on um, the activities you do when you meet, um, it's, it's always going to be limited, Um, But ours very quickly went beyond that. It it was no longer simply a transactional thing. Um, We got to know each other incredibly well. Um, We shared a lot of interests. Um, We could talk. (laughs) We can talk for hours and hours, given the chance.
2: (laughs) Yes, we can. Um, (laughs) (laughs)
1: um, And for me, it's an important difference, again, between the let's say the the ordinary everyday view of of a slave and master relationship, so many people ask me what it is that I look for and oh, and another thing is how, how come my slaves tend to hang around for years and years, whereas other people seem to go through them on a almost weekly basis um, having one off assignations and so on um But when I explain it, they almost poo-poo the idea that I actually respect the person that I'm seeing. Um, I think, I hate to say it, but uh, um, there's amongst the people who would call themselves masters, there are a huge number who, for me, base their behavior on arrogance. And to me, it's the one thing that, cannot really exist um in a slave and master relationship you can imply it you can role play it um but i would never be able to um spend a lot of time with somebody who i genuinely looked down on for any reason um it has to be somebody that i either look up to or respect or see as an equal um but in a different way. It's not, um, you know, obviously as slave and master we're not equal in ordinary everyday terms, Um, but unless I can respect that person um, for the choices they make and the way they choose to behave, um, things won't work. And for me, I respect Sean enormously Um, and and that's why things have grown in the way they have between us. Um, I think it would be the same in a way Phil, with you and I that I've, in the years we've known each other as friends. Although I know how strongly you associate with the slave um, position in life, um, I still respect you enormously as a person.
0: Thank you, sir. Does that make sense? Very much.
2: It's um. If I could just put in quickly, it's it's really interesting uh, master Tim to hear you say that when we when we first met up in the UK, you were uh, almost uh hesitant or almost pulling back because you would experienced so many time wasters because uh i think i mentioned at, the, at, the, at that time i assumed that uh, what we were doing or what i was looking for was quite common so i um it never would have occurred to me that you were thinking oh i'm hopeful about this but i hope this guy isn't going to waste my time mm-hmm. so, it, but now of course 14 years later i'm know exactly what you mean because i've uh certainly come to know more about the kind of people you tend to meet in the scene sometimes. But uh, it's, in, it's interesting to hear you describe in those terms because at, at the time I had absolutely no idea you were thinking about it like that. Mm.
0: So so if I move on to a, a different kind of subject, so um, could you define some of the challenges that you've had in the relationship and um, how you've overcome them? Um, Master Timmy, is this something you could answer first?
1: Um. Yes. Um, A lot of the challenges, I suppose, are purely practical ones. It's always been the fact that um, it's been a relationship over distance. Um, (laughs) We've always lived in different countries (laughs) for the entire time we've been together. Um, And even though we have spent a great deal of time together, um, there's always been distance for the rest of it. And, And that does pose problems for both of us. But in fact... It's strange that maybe it's a sign of the depth of the relationship that we pretty much speak to each other every single day, um, both morning and evening, usually, um, unless one falls asleep before the other one gets to them, that is. Um, But yes, I think that's the biggest one has been the distance. Um, And for that reason, I think when there are times when the person that you feel very emotionally attached to, um, you wish they were closer than they actually are. Um, I think um, I've also mentioned already some of the challenges about how to explain the relationship to other people, but actually when it comes down to it, um, although it does frustrate me at times because I, I like to to educate people, so I like to gain their understanding. I know very well that a lot of people, uh, for a lot of people, it's too far outside of their own experience to actually um, allow it to make sense or to accept it as it is. Um, and yeah, you, know, you, you get strange things like, I'm, I'm sure Sean could explain this better than me, but for example, um, the relationship, <laughs> non existent, I have to say, but the uh, notional relationship between me and his mother. I'll, I'll let Sean explain that one.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, I, I think it, based on what Master Tim just said, like uh, a lot of it, when you ask about the sort of issues in the relationship and how you overcame them, a lot of them are going to be very practical ones and they're going to be the same kinds of ones that you would get in any relationship with the same physical or sort of distance constraints or societal constraints so for example you know there's obviously a big age age gap between us and um we live in different countries so yes my mother sort of became aware of the certain aspects of the relationship I, i choose not to think too much about how much she actually knows um which presents sort of some difficult conversations or issues as you might expect uh, but to be honest, sort of master-slave thing aside, if I was in a long-distance relationship with somebody who was married and much older than me, uh, that would that would be an issue regardless. You know, whether it was a purity vanilla relationship or, or if it was like a a sort of BDSM master-slave relationship. So it, it's funny that I can't really think of any obstacles or issues that are that are actually unique to this kind of relationship um like i said i think i think they'd be a problem regardless of what kind of relationship we had um which i suppose is a good thing it shows that the um the, the, the roles aren't a struggle for us it's not something we have to sort of uh, struggle to maintain but, but again I, I i suppose i should sort of add to that that i, I was incredibly fortunate that i met Master Tim so early on. Um, I'm aware that a lot of people who are looking for this kind of relationship do struggle to find somebody or, you you know, there there are all sorts of issues you you can run into after you've met somebody that I was just sort of very lucky to not experience. Um, So uh, in a way, sort of, it's not that we're, I think, the best at doing this kind of thing. It's more that we just happen to get extremely fortunate and bump into each other at the right time.
1: Yes, and in a similar way, I think I was very fortunate in meeting you before you became spoiled by the general behavior of people out there, if you like.
2: Well, I think I would have been much more cynical if I'd met you after a few years of trying to um, find people people on recon or the like.
1: (laughs) Um, (laughs) One
2: one interesting point that actually I should mention, and this this isn't so much an obstacle, but it was definitely something that I found a bit intimidating in the beginning was, uh, you know, when you have, when you're when you're going to serve somebody as a as a who's a master who is sort of you know older and and married and is is much more sort of is kind of has has a much more sort of established um, life I suppose it it can be in some ways sort of intimidating to be introduced to that and become part of it because there's this you know if you're particularly if you are uh, serving somebody who is already in a relationship and 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 has other subs or other slaves. Um, that can be something that I would imagine somebody who was more, if you were particularly insecure, if you tended to sort of, you know, uh, be be a bit anxious about that kind of thing. But I can see that would definitely be an issue. Um, and it certainly was for me a little bit in the beginning, where I would think, you know, hope, oh, hopefully I'm doing this right, or you know, this, this other person is so much more experienced than me, so hopefully I'm not messing something up without realizing it. Um, so not a difficulty exactly, more of a learning experience, but I guess it's worth mentioning as something that can definitely happen if you if you start doing this when you're 19 and have zero experience.
0: I'm, I mean, one of the things that I've always thought about you, Master Tim, is that you are actually very good with um, beginners you know that that's occasionally someone will will get in touch with me through the website or something and if they're based around london i off i often recommend them to speak with you as 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 i know you will help someone who's at the start of the journey so you're
1: the one sending all these people my way
0: (laughs) some of them not all
1: (laughs) no it's it is actually very important to me I, i think um Uh, I should say for the listeners that uh, my career was in teaching Um, and I think that a big part of me will always be a teacher Um, and so the whole idea of training somebody um, teaching somebody um, helping somebody to learn um, is quite important Um, when it comes to training slaves or subs I always prefer it's funny that People assume that I go for younger people purely from a physical point of view, but actually it's not the case. Um, Yes, um, luckily I do find younger people more attractive in lots of ways, but the main reason for it is that, as I mentioned with Sean, um, if they are early on in in life, they have not been um, polluted by too many different um, ideas about um, too many bad experiences about being led on too much um, it's nice to be able to take somebody who is coming to it new um, and who is open to learning new things so yes for me working with with newbies you know other other masters will say the exact opposite they prefer to have somebody who's experienced because they can't be bothered with having to train them um, but for me, it's actually the opposite i'd rather get somebody who hasn't had time to develop all the bad habits before they come to me
0: (laughs) and it's strange like i I think within the context of a 24 7 as well you have to train you're not going to get someone that's really made for you ever because masters tend to be very particular and ocd on certain topics from my experience
1: so you have to learn
0: learn to those.
1: what gives you that idea (laughs) (laughs)
0: much experience (laughs) especially when it comes to folding clothes it's amazing how particular people can be at this
2: (laughs) or ironing clothes for that matter
0: oh yes (laughs) Uh, yes sean something which you said um about the relationship over distance Um, i mean um how how did you actually manage to overcome that you know what? 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 What were some of the things that made that easier to kind of deal with?
2: Um, so that that was certainly very difficult, particularly in the early days, um, or, or not even in the early days for, for a long for a long time. Um, for me, so that I mean that can be difficult for any relationship, but um, it's it's difficult to do too much kind of for lack of a better term like service over over distance which is obviously what one of the main things i wanted out of the relationship or or one of the one of the most fulfilling things about us me you really need to be sort of face to face with someone to do that um and, and then of course there's just missing you know missing master team in general um so that was one of the things i we did was obviously communicate frequently so like you said we we speak every day i mean without fail if if I think if I didn't hear from him or he didn't hear from me without sort of with no warning, we'd assume uh, something terrible had happened, I think. Um, So it's it's certainly not, it's never been a case that we just sort of, we would sort of drop out of communication for like days on end or anything like that. Um, But then there's, you know, small things. So like, uh, you know, if I text him in the morning, I'll say like, good morning, sir, or something in the the text message. Um, And that we do that to this day and that's even when we have to be apart for extended periods of time as we've had to been as we've had to be um due to the coronavirus situation um even something as small as that can be a good way to sort of keep in touch with that side of myself or or that part of the relationship i suppose but in in the early days we did do do we do do more things long distance you know he would sort of um give you instructions to do things or and I would sort of report back and things like that. Um, so I think that was hugely beneficial, given that we were in separate countries and couldn't, um, for example, see each other for one day on a weekend, which uh, you know I, I suspect if we both lived in the UK or, or, or he lives in our own, we probably would have done that. But given that we couldn't, doing that early on was quite a useful way of kind of um, maintaining things over over um, over distance. Um, i think ultimately there's no easy way to solve that problem you you know you can these days you can video call someone you can you know be in touch constantly but at the end of the day you do have to make sure you 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 are actually just able to see each other physically as frequently as possible and um you know certainly whenever i've been making any major life decisions i've made sure that it wouldn't get in the way of us being able to see each other as frequently as we could
0: so Um, that's that's Uh, really interesting things so, so um, you know making sure that any decision you make isn't going to interfere with you being able to see Master Tim is something that that is very important to you
2: well yeah like I mean uh, you know I moved from, from Dublin to Berlin but uh, they're both kind of more or less equidistant with London you, you know the, the flight to London is now not not that much longer than it was from Dublin but for for example the, people in my industry frequently would go to the likes of Australia or the US or, or the Middle East um, because you can get paid a huge amount of money. But th- that would never even occur to me because obviously being able to see him from those locations would be significantly more difficult. Um, You know, if I lived in San Francisco, for example, the flight to London is, I don't know, 16 hours or something like that um, and is hugely expensive as well. Uh, so I, I just wouldn't do that any more than I would, you know, suddenly take a job tomorrow that required me to leave my husband here and move halfway across the world Uh, you know you don't do that unless unless you absolutely have to (laughs) so it's the same with master tim i'm not going to do anything that would increase the distance between us certainly and if possible it's nice to keep it as small as we can
0: and i just want to follow on from another point that you made earlier sean it's something that was resonating within me where you said when you were speaking with Master Tim at a certain point you made the decision to be very honest about what it was you really wanted, which seemed to not be what everyone else was talking about. Was that something that was very hard to do to kind of just open up and be that kind of forthright?
2: I suppose uh, looking back on it now, Yes, it was in a certain way, but it, it's pro I mean I, I, I guess it's something you do with every relationship that you think is potentially going to be important or is potentially going to be meaningful. You know there's always this moment where you sort of judge what the other person is saying and the kind of signals they're giving off and then you have to decide, okay, I, I better sort of play my hand here and actually confirm if they're actually if they're interested in the same thing. Um, That I am, but but yes, it was a bit sort of scary because there was always a possibility that I could have read the situation completely wrong and he wasn't interested in this kind of thing at all, um, which would have been hugely disappointing. But at the same time, we've been chatting kind of nonstop for like a week at this point, so it was either going to be disappointing then or disappointing shortly afterwards so <laughs> i kind of had no choice but to do it uh, at a certain point
0: thank you uh, it's, it's, it's just something like um even myself as a slave i've gone through those points you know should i be honest about what i'm looking for or not
2: <laughs> yeah and i think i think i mean ultimately it varies from one situation to the next but uh, like i said if you, if you think that the person or the relationship whatever form it takes has potential at a certain point you do have to do it because um, you know uh, either they're interested in the same thing or not, and you're you're gonna find out one way or the other, so it's probably better to be upfront <laughs> that's my feeling on it anyway
0: thank you so 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 moving on to another question now so uh, is there anything you'd like to see um um in a master slave community so um do you feel there is one? do you feel there isn't and if and there was if there was to be a change you wanted to make what would that be and um, sir could I start with you
1: um it's an interesting question um having spent the greater part of my life I suppose in the community um yes there are lots of things I do like about it lots of things I enjoy about it but there are an awful lot of things that I step back from um, community is a, a strange idea in the heads of a lot of people within bdsm because um it it tends to get a bit polarized you'll get people who assume that um a bdsm community can only be a leather community for example um, there is an awful lot of crossover between the two things Um, And although um, a lot of people know me as a master who wears leather, um, Sean would say that our relationship has got little, if anything, to do with leather at all. Um, So I think it needs to be a lot more open. Um, And to me, the basic idea of community is something that is made up of a group of people all supporting each other. And that's something that I'm not sure our community does particularly well. Um, It can be quite exclusive, um, and it's very easy for people to feel excluded from it because of that. Um, I I would like to see it being a lot more inclusive um, and a lot more down-to-earth when it came to um, emotional and mental support of all of its members both masters and and slaves or subs and doms whatever you want to call them um so it's um yeah i think they're very fundamental things it's all about empathy care support all those social constructs that i'm not sure we do as well as we could
0: thank you very much for that and how about you sean
2: it's interesting if you talk about a community. I think there's there's obviously you know a BDSM or, or fetish community, but I'm not sure there's a, a sort of master slave community um, of people who were into the same thing that we've been discussing for the past almost an hour at this point. So we we've met um, you know, there's obviously the three people on this on this podcast, and we've met certain people who are also have a very similar idea of kind of what a master is and what a slave is. But I, I think talking about it in terms of a, a community encompassing just those people, I'm not sure it exists as such. It, it kind of almost exists in these sort of gaps in other spaces where you can kind of fit into. So, for example, Recon. Um, I mean, I think there are, there are certainly labels on there about... Masters and slaves, but uh, the vast majority of people, in my experience, who use that label or and who kind of uh, choose to meet people under that label, are talking about something quite different, normally, um, or else they have no real clear concept of what it means to begin with. To them, they, they just like the idea, which there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, obviously, I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying they're sort of um, that they shouldn't do that. It's more that the the number of people who are who are into this sort of thing are probably low enough that it's difficult to sustain a community in the way we normally think of it in terms of other kind of fetish groups you know there's definitely like a leather community there's a a bondage community a, a corporal punishment spanking community but i'm not sure there's like a master slave community as such um in the way that we would maybe like there to be i was just going to say briefly one interesting thing is uh, me and master sam have had a opportunity to discuss this kind of thing in in front of a lot of people who definitely aren't in the BDSM or, or fetish community or even the gay community. Um, and it's funny that a lot of them assume, this, assume that this is much more common than it really is. So so they, like me, or like I did at the beginning, I think make make the mistake of thinking that these, these sort of long-term master-slave relationships are much more common than they really are. Um, and they're also extremely interested in it. So when we, uh, when, we, when we have these discussions with people, a lot of the time, I think I assume they're going to end up talking about sort of like, you know, bondage and, and kink and all the sort of things they would have maybe seen on TV or, or read about in fiction, but had never seen in real life. But actually, once you start talking about the relationship aspect, they become pretty fascinated by it. And we've also, for SM Gays, we've, we've discussed the sort of master slave dynamic in a room full of people who are in, into fetish and, and kink and all the rest of it. And they've also been quite fascinated by it. So, it's funny that those two groups of people i think almost responded in a very similar way where one group assumed it was much more common than it really was and were surprised to hear that it wasn't common but were really interested in it the other group had heard about it and knew it existed and probably knew that it was rare and were also really interested so it's it, i think it's more of a sort of a awareness thing like a lot of people might not actually realize that this kind of thing exists and maybe if they did know about it earlier on they would um, seek it out and then we we could actually build some kind of community um but that's obviously a pretty a pretty big topic in itself
0: (laughs) and and let's say that we could form a community what what would be the most important thing for you to see in that community sean
2: i think it it would be good to be able to discuss some of these things that we've been talking about with other people in, in a forum or like a venue where everybody had at least a basic kind of base understanding of what everybody else was talking about so like i said if you go on to the likes of recon right now and uh, start talking to people you're very unlikely to find somebody who is going to be talking about being a slave in the same way that i would for example which if you're you know young or just starting out it can be quite isolating because you, you sort of slowly realize that oh, actually all these people who I assumed I could reach out to for support or who at the very least knew what I was talking about might not in a lot of cases. So I think it's some kind of, uh, I don't want to say agreed upon definitions because I know like everybody defines things differently and I don't want to, I'm not advocating for something where we have this kind of top-down definition of what a master is and what a slave is and we're kind of imposing it on people but more kind of shared understanding um, of the kind of the basics for lack of a better term. I think that on its own will be hugely beneficial, so that uh, you at least wouldn't wouldn't have that initial um, hump to get over of well, is this person talking about the same thing I'm talking about, or are they talking about something completely different, which is the real frustrating thing that you run into at the moment.
0: And you mentioned that the basics. Could you give an example of what you mean by the basics?
2: Well, for example, we, you know, when I just if we describe a, you know, if I say I'm a slave and that means I'm serving master tim that i'm not talking about you know a fetish based series of sessions in a playroom for example that i'm i am talking about this kind of um idea of like service that goes beyond just that um and that is this kind of a long-term relationship i think e- even if that was if there was some term for that outside of what we currently use maybe that that everybody had some understanding of i think even that on its own will be quite beneficial
0: thank you so much and then to the final question. Um, so if I could start with Master Tim, um, what do you think makes a good slave, sir?
1: Oh, um, that's a, a good question. Um, I think somebody who is open-minded, somebody who is eager to learn, um, somebody who is eager to serve, um, somebody who... Um, I think this is where where it gets difficult for some people. I would say that it needs to be somebody who can put their master before themselves, but that should never um, hinder self-preservation, if that makes sense, whether it's physical or mental. Um, So that's where there's a, a shared understanding between the slave and master. But it's somebody who is devoting themselves to somebody else um, and their reward, I suppose, is the pride in what they do, um, the pride in seeing a master smile at them or um, pat them on the top of the head, whatever it takes, um, but seeing that the master pleased with the way they've served them. So it's to do with service, um, it's to do with empathy, um, yes, lots of things like that.
0: Why are things like open-mindedness, eager to learn or serve, important?
1: Um, perhaps if i come at it from the opposite. Um, people who are closed-minded and, and come to it. Um, and this, again, is one of the issues in um, people who have been, um, shall we say, lifestyle subs, um, moving from one casual relationship to another. They tend to come with a shopping list of the activities they want to do or have done to them, um, which is no foundation for a um, a proper slave-master and relationship at all. Um, yes, there should be discussion between the two about what their interests are, what they might seek, um, but they need to be open-minded enough for the... Um, first of all, for the master to interpret the way he's going to deliver the things that they've asked for, if you like, Um, but also um, open-minded enough to accept, first of all, that there are a lot of things that they don't know because they don't know them. Um, That's sometimes a difficult thing because in the days of internet and readily available porn and all the rest of it, Um, I'm certainly finding in in recent years that young slaves are coming to the scene with a huge amount of expectation because they've seen it all online, they've seen the porn, um, that they expect real life to be like that. Um, And actually, they don't realise what it takes. Um, Also, in many cases, they don't realise that the porn is totally artificial and actually that... Um, is not the way things work in real life. It can be as basic as that. So it's being open-minded enough to um, absorb the reality of it, to absorb new learning, new skills, um, new experiences. Um, And for me, there's no greater reward than to see a slave's eyes light up with excitement when they experience something for the first time um, that they possibly if you talk to them about it wouldn't have agreed to do but when it happens they love it
0: thank you so much um sean is is there anything you want to add to that
2: uh no you mean in terms of what makes a, a good slave yeah no i think that makes, makes perfect sense um you know, I certainly came to things with with not many preconceived expectations or ideas, but I can definitely see how uh, somebody who maybe been been doing things for longer and had more experience would would come with a lot of preconceived ideas. And I think not only sort of a, like Master Tim said, like a shopping list of things they wanted, but probably constraints on what they thought were possible. You know, I do wonder how many people there are out there who would be really interested in this kind of master slave lifestyle and would be would be very good at it. Uh, but who haven't really really considered it because they just assume that it can't happen or that it doesn't happen. Um, So I think, yeah, that open-mindedness is really important.
0: And then, Sean, could you tell me what makes a good master, please?
2: (laughs) Well, obviously there's plenty of things. Um, And like I said before, and I think it's a point worth repeating, um, for this kind of thing to work, the two people have to relate to each other and, and get on with each other completely apart from any kind of master-slave dynamic, you know, if you if you wouldn't get on with the person in any, in any other context um, but trying to serve them, then it's not going to work. But having said that, um, I think one of the most important things, or maybe the most important thing, uh, is that the master actually realizes the responsibility they're taking on and, and sees it as such. So, I certainly have chatted to people before I met Master Tim. There was one person in particular who I think we had been chatting for less than a day maybe and he was prepared to uh, buy me a plane ticket to come meet him which was not only fairly off-putting in that it was very sudden but also I seriously question whether that person actually realized what he was taking on because he, he claimed to want a sort of very long distance and, and um, sort of intense master-slave type relationship but to me somebody who would agree to that just at the drop of a hat and, and that easily without knowing almost nothing about The perspective slave clearly doesn't actually realize from the slave's perspective how much responsibility they're taking on um you know obviously every relationship involves some responsibility to the other person but i think with a master-slave relationship there is that inherent power dynamic even you know aside from any kind of age difference or anything like that and i think if, if if the slave is coming into it very seriously very earnestly but the master doesn't feel the same level of reciprocal feeling in terms of um, actually acknowledging that they are taking on this responsibility then it's inevitably not going to work and probably the slave is the one who's going to end up getting hurt by it so you know for me I think that that element of responsibility is hugely important
0: and and then master Tim from your perspective, what do you think makes makes a good master?
1: First of all I would uh, totally agree with the thing about responsibility I, I feel an enormous responsibility. For somebody who has had the guts to give themselves to me, um, whether it be in service or as part of a particular scene, then I am ultimately responsible for that person in in lots of different ways, physically, mentally, socially. Um, it's it's a huge part of what a master needs to do, um, but also within that. I've used the word before, but I think empathy is, is important too, um, to know when something isn't working. And, and even down to practical things like something that you've always done together, um, let's say a, a particular fetish activity, on a certain day, just like anything else that we do, it may not be the right day. It might not work. Somebody might be tired. Somebody might be distracted. You try to avoid those things, but you do have to understand that not everybody is going to be 100% for 100% of the time. Um, So there has to be that sort of understanding and acceptance um, when things don't go well. Um, But responsibility, empathy, I think those are the two most important
0: things. Thank you. So we're coming to the end of the interview now. Um, is there anything else that either of you would like to say that I haven't asked you, which, which you think is important?
1: Um, I don't think anything in particular. I'm sure as soon as we finish, I'll think of all sorts of things that I would have liked to, to add, but um, I look forward to hearing more of these podcasts from you and hear what other people have to say. Um, we One of the things that we perhaps didn't touch and haven't had time to to touch on uh, um, what different people understand by protocols Um, that often defines a relationship um, whether it be slave and master or almost any other one there are certain protocols that um, have to be part of the training and part of the understanding Um, but um, not to the extent where As has happened in the past, I think certain um, branches of the community, if you like, have depended on fixed protocols. But when you actually search into them, you realise that actually um, those protocols were thought up by one small group in one particular circumstance. Um, There will be protocols, but don't be um, convinced that anybody's particular set is the right one.
0: So you choose the protocols that work for the relationship you're in, so, so, uh, rather than?
2: Yes. That's an interesting point, actually, because I, just to go briefly back to that point you made about community earlier, you know, I think if there was to be a, a shared or a, a more sort of um, common master-slave community, I think something like a shared set of protocols could be useful in certain circumstances. So, for example, if people were to meet up with each other and, you know, you had a group of masters and and a group of their slaves that that could be an interesting thing to have this kind of shared protocol but like you said um it shouldn't be kind of dogmatic where you think well we've come up with this system and everybody else has to use it um i think it could be helpful in, in developing that sort of community but i i know that some people there are groups obviously who have decided on kind of shared protocol and you, you kind of you know, you kind of buy into that when you when you join the group, but I'm not sure that's the best way of doing it for everybody. Um, uh, ultimately, you have to do what works for you.
1: I think you're right, and I, I think, um, as you said about community, that a set of shared protocols would uh, help to create a safe space for people coming into it because they would have a certain level of understanding about the rules. Um, and I think it's important that. I know we didn't mention it with the, the on the community thing, but um community should be a safe space for all the people that come into it. Yeah, definitely.
0: Well, thank you both so much. Um it's been really good to hear your thoughts and what you've um said here. And I, I thank you so much for your openness to um discuss this.
1: Thank you for asking. <laughs> yes, I'm
0: if you're interested in being interviewed by me or know someone that would, you can get in touch with me at the following email address. Contact at masterslavelifestyle.com If you're interested in learning more about this lifestyle, there's a wide range of articles and other tools that you can find on my website at www.masterslavelifestyle.com I look forward to seeing you there.